This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 92 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben as ever and Gary is with me. How are you getting on? Well, I've now got an earworm actually, Ben. I've got um, my family by the interrupters going around in my head because <laughs> we've just been talking offline. So, uh, and I've, I've, yeah, I've got scar punk suddenly in my ears, which is uh, which is great. But yeah, a no, uh, bit of a shame about the weather, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's grey, it's horrible, it's crap basically found out today that i meant to have silicon sealed the windows on my shed after installation otherwise water comes under the glass and drips into the floor ah okay so you found that out in the best way possible when it's pissing it down with rain actually what i've done there is i've lied to you and the listeners i actually found it out about a month and a half ago the last time the rain was blowing directly into it um, but instantly <laughs> forgot about it until today when I was varnishing in there thinking, what the flip and fill is that dripping noise? Oh, dear. So, but it's all right because uh, Frenchie next door has a brother called Tom who's just moved over from France who is a window fitter. So, oh, there you what, go. Not what you know, is it? Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, got some couple of bits to, to talk about. Um we will start with a bit of news that we kind of expected. Uh, we we sort of talked about it from the point of view of this is probably going to happen. But um, yeah, it was confirmed last week. Kean Bolger's left the club. He's gone off to Northampton, and uh, yeah, you know, I think we all wish Kean well with his, you know, with the with his uh, move and the rest of his career. But it was, I think we said at the time, you know, it, it felt inevitable, didn't it? Yeah, I, you know, I've probably spoken about it. It seems like old news now. I think that's that so fast moving is the football world, and so instant is news that you know when you said off air, oh, we haven't spoken about Kian Bolger. I'm thinking, well, we must have done it. it was months ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, anyone who reads four four two this month will realise that I called Kian Bolger as our most underrated player, um, and I think from uh, last season's point of view. 
I think that he probably was. I think that he was a player that always came in, stepped up, did a really good job. Um, he's more suited to a particular style. And, you know, we started last season under um, our former manager trying to play a little bit of football. But let's not kid ourselves that the three years that we got success were, were fast-flowing, you know, free-passing football because at times we, we went from front to back quickly. Our defenders had to be um, big, tall, deal with aerial threats, which was definitely key. And, you know, I... I've got lots of praise for Kean, but I think if I had one criticism, it would be that we didn't see his aerial prowess used um, to good effect in both boxes. You know, I may be wrong, but I don't remember him heading too many goals in. I think he scored away at Crawley, um, if if I remember correctly, but I'm not sure how many other goals he actually scored for us. Um, but you know he's gone to a club that will be in the, in my opinion, in the bottom six of League One next season, uh, and he's a player that could comfortably hold his own in a in a team in the let's say the the kind of the middle pack. So he's very much gone there as as one of their key players. I think they've installed him as captain almost straight away, which was surprising. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he, so that surprised me because he never struck me as the most vocal player on the field. You know, he, he's off the field. Mm. He was very kind of quietly spoken, sensible, grounded, unassuming. You know, I, I always enjoyed talking to Kean. It wasn't hard work like um, some we won't mention, <coughs> Big John. Um, but with <laughs> Kean, it was, you know, you, you sometimes didn't feel like you were talking to a footballer. Um, it was, that's how kind of grounded and down to earth he was. So, yeah, look, it'll be a loss around the place, I'm sure. But, you know, it's when I say out with the old and in with the new, I don't want to sound mercenary. Um, but you've, you know, footballers come and footballers go, and fans mm. remain. And when the fans remain, you know, you can get sentimental very, very easily. And I think we all have a little bit over this summer. Um, Kean's probably one of the departures that, in uh, kind of, brought less sentiment to the fore than than some of the others. So, but you know, we wish him well, definitely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's nothing, you know, nothing to turn around and say, he, he you know. Good, glad to see the back of him or anything like that because it's it's not the case, you know. I just think it's it's a decision that's been made for sort of the right reasons. It's you know Northampton fit him as a player and a club, and unfortunately, it didn't seem like he was going to sort of fit into the, the the plans as much as he'd have liked to. So, um, okay, next up uh, we have uh, hell, five yeah, minutes in. Five five minutes in, and we've already done an introduction on one topic. I mean, we're going to be finished in about fifteen at this. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we you know we we said we wanted to briefly touch on there on on Key and leaving, so we've done that. Um, yes, we are. But, yeah. yeah, so uh, Theo Archibald um, joined on Monday, I believe it was. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Either way, he, he, Theo Archibald has joined the Imps this week. Um, and it's been, I think this has been one that's been on the cards for quite a while, hasn't it? It was, uh, it was a, a sign in that we'd been linked to uh, for quite a long time, um, and it seems like it's a, you know, a, a positive signing. You know, an attacking midfielder that can either yeah, primarily play out on the wing, by the sounds of it. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm quite excited to, to have have Theo on board. Um, I mean, you've, you, you did a, a live chat. Uh, as the news broke, uh, which was which was quite uh, you know informative there, so I'll let you take it away on this one. Um, yeah, again, like you say, we've been linked with Theo for quite a long while. I think it was it was middle of March um, when COVID first kicked in that there was talk of him leaving Macclesfield. Um, Macclesfield, I know, 
really rated him. I don't think a player of his ability had any place in League Two, but I think the way that his career had gone, he had to be playing regular football somewhere in order to step back up. And you see that quite a bit in League Two. I think um, you look at an, an Ilias Chair, somebody mentioned while I was on the, the, the live feed, you know, a player that went to get regular football in League Two, okay, that was on loan, but shone and then did really well. Um, Abiri Etsy, or Easy, who's just moved to Crystal Palace for a lot of money. He was on loan at Wickham. Um, forgive me, I, I believe it was when they were in League Two. Um, I'm pretty sure it was. I might be wrong about that, actually. Um, but anyway, you know, these, sometimes these young players have to take a step back. Theo had to do it on a permanent basis. Um, but, you know, you, if you've been through Celtic's academy and then you've still got the minerals to drop into League Two and perform week in, week out in, you know, in a, a league that's very, very different to a, a, a massive academy or under-23 football, or even the championship mm-hmm. when he moved to Brentford. I think that shows a certain amount of um, grit and determination, as well as the flair and the speed and the pace and, and all that that we're hoping to see from him. In terms of um, you know his position, we almost certainly needed to add attackers. We still need to add at least one, if not two, um, in my a humble opinion. Um, I think we needed wider, wide players. I think by the looks of things, Michael either likes four three three or still likes the four two three one. But in either of those positions, you need two wide players. Your wide players tend to be the ones doing more running than most. You could argue perhaps the fullbacks, but you know the wide players are expected to always track back. They're expected to be the players who are breaking quickly. So they're players that tend to tire easily. And I think if you look at substitutions made later in the game, it does tend to be attacking players. It tends to be where you want injections of pace. You know, mm. Zach Elbazetti has looked really good for me in the preseason. He looks quick. He looks strong. You've got Harry Anderson, quick and strong. You've got George Grant, who... Perhaps not quite as pacey, but almost certainly again somebody that you know is deadly from those areas. But those sorts of players may well tire 60, 65 minutes. Um, you now throw Theo Archibald into that, and you've, you've got four, so you know, you've got two for any one position. And I'm sure people will will correctly point out, well, you know, this player can play there, or that player can play there as well. Um, you know, so it's good. I understand he can play on the left or the right. Um, mm-hmm. So again, you know that. That's not just important from a versatility point of view. It's important from a tactical point of view during the game. Because if your fullback is getting used to, let's say, defending against Harry Anderson, who, you know, we've said he's a one trick pony and it's a good trick, you know, he's, he's strong and he drops his shoulder and he's in and he's out. Um, and then all of a sudden you bring on, you swap the, the flanks and suddenly the, the fullback's having to defend against somebody that is more direct with different tricks. It's just always something to think about. So I think it gives us a versatility um, during the game as well. And that's something that I think, you know, I know we're going to touch on the friendlies, but something that Zach Elbazetti um, has really shown. So, yeah, I'm excited about Theo. He's, he's very, he's still young. Um, I don't think he will be a first team player immediately because I don't think he's up to match fitness yet. And obviously we play our first game depending on when this goes out, you know, a week on, on Saturday. So, Interested, yeah, great, uh, a strong signing from a squad point of view. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So um, it's like you say, you know, anyone that's um, anyone that's been in that position at Celtic, and and uh, I think you know, as, as was pointed out, um, he he wanted, you know, they, they wanted to keep him. They were pissed off when he when he left. So I think um, anyone that's that's sort of regarded that highly in uh, in those terms you know in those circles is uh, is definitely one to to watch and i think um yeah i'm i'm really really excited to see what he can do um 
And it sounds like we're going to see that uh, tomorrow at Oldham. But um, <laughs> I, I kind of want to go on to the Scunny game, but I'm aware that that's probably quite quick as well. Um, that would be 10 minutes in and we've done <laughs> the intro and two pieces of news. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the Scunny game, uh, how can I put it delicately? Um, on the pitch was was great, but uh, technically sounded like it was a bit of a disaster. I'm sorry, is that over to me? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to talk about the feed um, personally because, it, you know, as I understand it, there was problems for around one in six people. Um, live twenty four or live forty two, as they, I think they are, aren't they? Not twenty four. Um, people that emailed in, they they offered refunds too, and we're now getting a game for free. So, as far as I can see, it, you know, it would be massively remiss of us to to labour on um, technical issues that were beyond the club's mm-hmm. control when in the, the days mm. afterwards those issues are addressed and and resolved. Yeah, I, I think that's the um, – that that was kind of what I wanted to, to get onto because I think there's there were a lot of grumbles um, at the time and I know I've seen some on Twitter after the fact saying, oh, they shouldn't have charged for it if they were doing that. I mean, my point of view on it is that the club – at the moment, we all know that the club – We'll need some money coming in, and this was a way to get a few quid. You know, a few quid in the till. It's like, right, okay, well, we'll, we'll do this. It's not going. It's not necessarily going to be, you know, the, the most impressive game of all time because it's, you know, it's a preseason friendly. But the fact is that they, um, you know, they put that out there. They said, right, it's a fiver. I thought that was a fair price. And then when the issues came up, the club were on it at the time, you know, they said over Twitter and Facebook, it's like, right, we're aware there are problems. We're, you know, we're aware of the quality issue with the, um, with the audio. And then ultimately, like, like you say, they, they come out and said, yep, if you want a refund, you can have a refund. It's like, that's great. Like that, that is the best way to handle the situation. Um, and to be honest with you, I'd much sooner them be, uh, trialing options, you know, like that at this stage, rather than do it in two weeks' time. It's they wouldn't it, trial it during the season. I follow. Well, the that's what I mean. Like they, there's, there's, there's no yeah. trial. But you know, I mean, there's no. If there was any anything in terms of the equipment or anything like that, you know, I think that would have been there would have been a way of doing that earlier on, which is what they've done. And you know, if there is any new equipment to, to get it through and say that, I don't know whether that's going to be the equipment they'll use for the uh the iFollow feeds or whatever so i i just thought it was it was well handled in the in the face of it um but with regard to the match um it sounded like it was because i i had to listen to it because we were uh we were sort of out and about on um on the evening but it it sounded impressive i mean we sounded like we were playing some good football it sounds like we were um you know some of the some of the players had a, a particularly standout evening particularly tail Eden. um and yeah, I mean, I think you'd probably be better suited to it from what you did see. Um, but I think it, it definitely sounded very, very impressive yeah. in terms of a friendly, obviously. Yeah, that, that was what I was exactly going to start with. It was a friendly, um, you know, it, it wasn't the Grantham Stamford friendly from last night either, where, you know, I don't know oh, if you. Yeah. You see that, you know, the, there was a, there was tackles going in, but they weren't flying and they weren't dangerous. You know, it was it was football halved kind of thing, which friendlies mm. are. Um, it's an opportunity to. Yeah, I saw one of the photos from it. 
from which I saw the Grantham photos game. from it and yeah, from the Grantham game, and it was like, oh, we. Some, I think some people on social media were saying, oh, I got the ball. It's like you see the photo, and the ball is like six yards away from the player. Yeah, as yeah. he's going in, studs up over the ankle. It's like, come on, lads. I know. Apparently, it's because Stamford are a league below Grantham, apparently, um, but we're completely outclassing them. And there's a little bit of needle there because obviously Stamford and Grantham are only just up the road from each other. So it's kind of a local derby. It's, it's almost like, you know, saying, right, Rangers and Celtic go and have a game against each other. And you know, Rangers running rings around Celtic and Celtic kind of kicking out a little bit. I mean, you know, there's it's not on the, that sort of level, obviously. But um, yeah, anyway, but you know, this friendly, the Scunny friendly wasn't like that. It, it wasn't competitive in that way. It was a, you know, it was a decent game of football, but. You know, there wasn't there weren't players who were endangering each other in order to win the game, and I don't think football's like that normally. But you know, it has an edge. You'll you'll put a boot in if you need to in a professional, you know, in a competitive game rather. Whereas, you know, in a friendly, you won't. And I think what what the game showed us was it showed us patterns. It showed us certain players in, in the runs that they were making and the passes that they were making. And um, it gave us an opportunity to see one or two players in different positions as well. I mean, Teo Eden, yes, stood out for me. I've been a big Teo fan ever since the first time I saw him against Blackpool. I keep going on about him in the centre midfield. Yep. If we do play a 4-3-3, I think we've got at least four central midfielders, all of whom could expect to be in the three in the middle. So it's going to be really interesting to see who misses out. And mm. when you look at, the players, you know, Bridcott isn't going to miss out. So then it's it's two it's two from three. You would imagine that James Jones probably won't be in the more attack minded of them. So then is it going to be between McGrandles and Eden and Eden rather? Now if it's McGrandles, the run tracker, the workhorse, the fighter, um, you could understand that. But then somebody like Eden, he is the epitome of the the new plan, the new blueprint. Bring them in, talented, young, give them football, move them on for money. So we're going to want him to get minutes on the pitch. Mm. So it's, it's it's really interesting. That's that's one thing the friendly threw up for me in the middle of the park is it's really interesting how we're going to uh, to give everybody the minutes that they need. And I know people say, oh, the games are going to come thick and fast. If you look at the actual scheduling, if we go out of the EFL trophy early, uh, not the EFL trophy, the Carabao mm-hmm. Cup, whatever it is, the League Cup, yeah, it's not going to mm-hmm. then be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday all the time. The EFL trophy, you know, you would expect some fringe players to be getting games then as well. I mean, I, you know, it's, yes, there's going to be a slight fixture pile up. Um, you know, we want to hope for a decent winter, of course. Otherwise, everybody will be buggered. But, but anyway, I digress. Um, also on the friendly, I think it <laughs> highlighted perhaps the need for... Um, acquisitions up front but then we knew that anyway you know, we've, we've seen a couple of YTS lads or whatever they're called these days come on up front um, one lad Makama Mavaka I think his name is um, you know who is a young lad but looked it um, Tom mm-hmm. Hopper came on I thought did relatively well took his goal well uh, I thought Zach Albazetti's goal was superb I likened it at the time to Tyler Walker's from Ipswich on second watch I actually think it was better because it's from a tighter mm. angle, he's got a tighter defender with him, and you know it's, it was sumptuous finish. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw the I saw the highlights. You know that that was, I think that was probably the standout goal. You know it was it was really really impressive. Don't 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 really know, I mean, yeah don't let's not play down Tom Hopper's either. Um, you know it was a good run from Hopper. 
okay against maybe it's a tight defence. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good ball. But then we're talking about the ball for Hopper's goal, and, and people seem to have kind of forgotten about the ball for Elbazetti's goal, which mm. I think was was better. Um, I'm still not 100 percent sure who played it, even watching the uh, the replay. I think it was Alex Bradley. Mm. Um, you know, it was nice to see Alex Bradley get a run out at right back, but then Michael's kind of said he's going out on loan. But I think it's hugely interesting mm. that you know we're talking about sending Adebayo Smith out on loan and Alex Bradley, and you've got a 17 year old kid with no senior experience who is going to be every bit a part of the first team setup in Sean Rowan. Um, mm. And again, for me, he was another one like Teo Eden who really stood out on Tuesday night. You know, he was playing at left back against you know, a 17 year old kid who's meant to be a centre half. And he didn't just look comfortable. You know, he looked assured in terms of his size. He looked at, you know, a big lad, a strong lad. Um, we've had a lot of success when from Ireland, as you know, Gareth McCauley and Jeff Hughes being the main two. Um, going back many years, Brendan Bradley, who older listeners will, will always kind of talk about when you talk about Irish players coming over. I think the name Sean Rowan will be mentioned in the same breath as those three um, in a year or two's time. But we, we shouldn't be putting pressure on him like that. But... Yeah, I think when we talk about young players, you look at going back over time, Ollie Ryan, Martin Pembleton, Gary King, uh, Connor Robinson, Alex Simmons, young players who come through to the first team and there's a lot of hype around them. And, it, and you know, sometimes they struggle to settle, they dip in and out of games, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, And they're not bad players, any of those, by the way. I'm not criticising any of those players. Um, but this is a young kid that I think is a different level. This is fret level. This is, you know... Mm comes into the first team and the first thing you do is notice him, whereas the other lads were perhaps eased in and it would be, oh, we're giving the young lad a 10-minute run out, whereas on you know, on the friendlies for me, Rowan has not looked like a 10-minute run out kid. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it was... Um, I think from from what I've heard, I mean, again, the, the highlights that are on the, uh, on the YouTube channel are just the goals, so... I'd, didn't really get to see much in terms of the uh, you know the assuredness and defence and all that, but it, it definitely sounded like he uh, he impressed. Um, you know, Sean Rowan impressed. Um, is it Rowan or is it Ruffin? Well, I, I Michael Horton says Rowan, and I can imagine it being Rowan, but it looks like Ruffin, so I'm saying Rowan uh, because also right. you know Irish spellings and and pronunciations I know are um, uh, you know. Batshit, confusing for me. But they <laughs> might say the same about ours. So yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, it's like George Grant isn't actually George Grant, is he? Jorge, Jorge. <laughs> so um, and again, you know, I, I, going back to the game, I actually thought Grant looked quite assured. I really like the fact he's been given captaincy on occasion because it, it makes him a senior pro. And I think when we signed him last year, mm. he was a young talent, you know, who had been. In, on the fringes at Luton and not on, on the fringes at Mansfield. And he's now a senior league one player and that's where he should be. Mm. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. I think Grant's delivery is really good. And I think he could develop massively this season as well. Yeah. I mean, there was the, there was a conversation that um, I think you and Pete had on the live chat on Monday. Um, where do you see George Grant playing this, this season? Is it going to be, is he going to continue to be played, you know, played out on the left, or do you see him potentially coming in and almost maybe filling that number ten role? Well, the friendlies give you an idea, don't they? And I, I haven't seen him play centrally in the friendlies. Um, yeah, when he's come on, right. he's kind of been out there on the left. 
So I think if if you were looking at an experimental 10, we might have seen him play experimental 10, but then we don't know what the setup or that anything was against Leicester. So mm-hmm. you know, potentially he's played there. I personally don't see him as a 10. And I know that people keep talking about it and saying he can play there and it would be great. I don't see that. Um, I see with his set piece delivery uh, and with his you know, with his delivery overall, I see that as a player who needs to be out wide. You know, he's mm-hmm. got great set piece on him but you can stop the ball dead when you come down the wing and you've instantly then got that weapon in your armoury from open play. If you play him through the centre, it's harder. Through If you look at the way that we played the other night, the whoever's playing in that role kind of on the edge of the day often is a conduit from, for feeding the ball from side to side. Um, I yeah. wonder if our tactics are... I think this season you may not see as much emphasis on having somebody in the 10 role. I think that was something perhaps... That you know we, we relied upon under the previous manager, but I think the style that we play at the minute, you know, any of the two midfielders or even three midfielders, if we go four three three, can kind of hang around in that position and and, and push forward. So you know, I, I personally I can't see us actually playing a ten because if we were going to, and I, I can't remember if I said this uh, on a chat or or not, but. If we were going to play a 10, we would have signed one by now and he would be looking for another one because you would want two for that role. Mm-hmm. Okay, Anthony Scully can play there. People say George Grant or Jorge Grant may be able to play there. But I don't see somebody who can play there coming in. You know, We're linked with Morton and we're linked with Palmer and after that, potentially one more. Um, you know, the potential one more for me is not going to be wow, we've signed this first team player who's going to smash it for us. The potentially one more is going to be Oh, we've added somebody to the squad. We've we've made an addition to the squad, not the first team. Mm. I think, aside from a potential loan, you are looking at the Lincoln City first team squad now, and one mm. that comes in will pepper it, not not be the stake itself. Okay, yeah, I, th- I, I think that's I think that's probably a, a fair assessment of, of where we are. I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to find out a little bit more. Um, tomorrow, the club are, are streaming the friendly at Oldham. Um, and I mean, there's obviously a lot of talk at the minute. Um, I think there was a, there was a discussion from the Radio Lincolnshire chaps a bit earlier on today about potential signings. I think Michael still said he's keen to get at least one permanent through the door and maybe a couple of loans. Um, would you, obviously it will depend on who they are, but I mean, if it's, um, if it's the, the names that we've been, thinking of for a while, would you say that the loans in particular would be maybe squad players more than first-team regulars? So, so sorry, uh, no, I think a permanent, a potential permanent signing, I think, is more likely to be squad. I might be wrong. I think the loans, if we bring the loans in, it's it's still, it's open secret that that we're looking for Callum Morton and Alex Palmer. And if those two players Mm. come in, they're going to be in and around the first team. Alex Palmer will be our first-choice goalkeeper. Um, you know, and Ethan Ross has had a good pre-season but we're not going to bring in a player of Alex Palmer's quality and age because he's 24 as well and, and then stick him on the bench because West Brom are just going to go your mugs we're taking our players back um, so mm-hmm. he would be a first team player and Callum Morton if he comes in you know it's Depends how we go. If, uh, as I understand that he could play on the flanks potentially or through the centre, um, but he's going to want game time. Anyone who we bring on in on loan is going to want game time. Look at Connor Coventry last year. Look at Jake Hesketh last year. Look at Tyrese John Jules. Look at Tyler Walker. Look at Joe Morrell. They all got game time. Um, you know, 
they're, if whoever we sign on loan, bearing in mind we only have TJ Ioma, I think, at the moment on loan, um, they're going to be players that play an important role. It's it, As I alluded mm. to at the last question, if we bring a permanent signing in, that's where I expect it to be the garnish on the meal, not the main course. Um, you know, I think it, it might be the uh, trialist. And people who are saying that it's Yeri Skalalak or whatever his name is from, from Millwall are, are off their heads. He must be on, what, 15 grand a week or whatever at Millwall. He's a Czech international and people go in, he's on trial at Lincoln. Have a word. Jesus Christ, it's almost like he's <laughs> genuinely. And, yeah, I, I, I love the guess a trialist game. Um, but... Have a sensible guess. You know? I mean, like, <laughs> it doesn't take a genius to go online and have a look at Millwall's friendlies and see whether Skalak's been involved or not. And it doesn't. Yeah. I know it doesn't because I've done it and I'm not a genius. So, um, <laughs> and for the record, actually, I haven't seen him involved, um, but I'm still sure it's not, not him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I, you know, I feel that anybody coming in will be a squad player. But Lincoln City's transfer new business over the last two or three years, probably as far back as as the summer of 2016, has surprised every time. So mm. never say I may end up with egg on my face here. This may go out tomorrow, and then it's you know like announce Walker. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you say announce Walker. It definitely won't be Walker because it's been confirmed tonight that he's gone to Coventry. Oh, has he gone to Coventry? Is he? Yeah, he's, uh, he's signed that. for he's signed for Coventry. So that has been within the last hour or so. So didn't while I, we've been, didn't I shout that on a podcast earlier in the summer? Didn't I say that it would be amusing if Walker went to Coventry because he was meant to sign for us, but then signed for Mansfield and scored a load mm. of goals. Then he was meant to sign for Coventry, but actually signed for us and scored a load of goals. And so now <laughs> going to Coventry, it's like he always, it's always a club that we're interested in a year later. So what have they paid for him? Do you know? Um, I think it's an unannounced fee or an undisclosed fee. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. By the looks of it. Um, let me just bring up the tweet. Uh, we're delighted to announce the transfer of Tyler Walker from Nottingham Forest to the Sky Blues for an undisclosed fee subject to EFL and FA approval. So there we go. Fair play. Definitely. Definitely not coming to the bank anymore. There'll be a meltdown now, yeah, then, because we, we we will have missed out on him. Apparently, won't we? That's what the uh, the clunges out. will be yeah, saying. Of course. <laughs> um, so yes. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot to be to be taken from the from the friendly. I think it's uh, it's definitely. Uh, definitely seemed like we're, we're putting the right styles of football together from certain people's points of view. Um, can I make other? I can I make? It. Can I make other points about the friendly? Or are you wrapping it up? Yeah, go on, go on. Uh, I thought defensively, it was interesting to see that um, we played Max Melbourne and TJ Ioma as centre halves, which again goes into that trying people in the positions they might be able to play. Um, thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. Joe Walsh getting 45 or 60 minutes under his belt or whatever. Um, but I like that flexibility. You know, we, we've we got a right back or we've got a left back and we've, we're still trying other players there. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, if you'd said, who are our left backs? would have gone Max Melbourne and Teo Eden. Now you think, well, Sean Rowan, Max Melbourne, and then Teo Eden third because Teo's a midfielder. And, you know, we talk about, mm-hmm. I know that Max, is he? I can't remember which way round it is, whether Max wants to play centre-half and Michael thinks he's a left-back or vice versa. 
Um, that there's a desire for him to play one position and he can play the other position. I think TJ Ioma is going to be a key player for us this season. Um, I mean, he looks big, strong, he's mobile. And I think I spoke about this when you and I first mentioned his loan deal, that you know a player of his quality coming here is now going to want games, but he's, you know, he's going to be athletic because he's a young mm. lad. He's going to have energy. Um, but the fact he can play centre half as well as right back suggests positional awareness. It suggests a certain amount of strength, a certain amount of aerial qualities. You know, he got on the ball mm. and scored from the set piece as well, which I know was, um, you know, he, he was grounded and, and it landed its foot. But I thought that was another positive to take from the friendly as well, is that you've got two defenders getting on the score sheet. And mm. you know, last year, that was perhaps a criticism that we were putting set pieces in and not scoring. And I know it was only a friendly, so I'd, I'm happy to be slapped down. Um, but, you know, there was so much to take away from the Scunthorpe game positive. Um, but it's, you know, everything can change when the first competitive ball's kicked. Everything can change. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think we're going to, you know, obviously going to see. I, I wouldn't be too too surprised to see a, a, a different um, a different eleven running out tomorrow. Um, it sounded like we. I don't know how many subs we made. I don't think there was too many. Was there on on Tuesday night? It seemed fairly fairly consistent. Uh, yeah, I lost track in the end because I know there's some youth right. lads come on, didn't they? I think Hayden Can came on, um, mm. and you know he he joined us as a twelve year old or something. Has now made his his. Kind, we say debut, but friendlies you know, not count his mm. professional debut. But he's now played for the first team. Um, as I said, the lad up top whose name escapes me came on, who looks a little bit like um, Falcao and, and runs a little bit like me. Um, he came on. I think Ben Salt has been in and around the first team potentially as well. I know Harry came on. Um, so there was lots of chopping and changing later on. I know Joe Walsh went off, I believe. Um, and then my feed went off, so I couldn't. You know, I lost track towards mm. the end of who was on and who was off. So, but you know, we we kick off a week tomorrow, or a week today, depending on when when you've um, put the hard work of editing in. You know, Two weeks. Week. Uh, no, we play crew next week, don't we? In the cup. Oh, of course, yeah. In the Carabao Cup. So um, I only know that because I'm doing a spot for a crew podcast tomorrow, but the guy who records it lives in F in Dubai, so I've got to be up at half nine in the morning. Um, (laughs) I am always up at half nine in the morning, but usually either walking the dog or sat around scratching my neck as eating bacon. So, um, yeah. I mean, we've had two harrowing mental images in the past two weeks now. Well, Guys, let me. I just... wanted to, I wanted to touch on one of those because the number of people who have messaged me this week, right? And Bob's <laughs> messaged me, and he had seen somebody uh, while he was out and about with a beard and a face mask on, <laughs> and all he could think about was was my analogy. Uh, and my mate Chris came over last night as well, Chris Lamin, and he, I think he mentioned it. Everybody, uh, was it Chris Keneally as well? Text me potentially. P- people just messaging me saying, I've seen a bloke in a face mask and a beard, and it just reminds me. You know, <laughs> I, I regret saying the PE teacher's name because that wasn't particularly fair, but um, yeah. There we go. Oh dear, it... and we we may have potentially lost uh, we may have potentially lost uh, a listener in Michael Horton as well, who said that he was uh, mentally scarred from last week. So thanks for that. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I do. Know, I, I I saw some criticism online of um, Michael's commentary the other day, and uh, for the Scunthorpe game, I just think it's incredibly difficult 
you know, they, they said, oh, they're doing too much, too much chatting about this and that. And I, I think it was, it was difficult to comment on a friendly in an empty stand. Well, I think you know, the, the other thing to remember about that as well is that they're not just commentating for, for the video feed. They've got to fill time on the radio as well. You know, I, I'd have absolutely no complaints about Michael and Rob when they're, you know, when they're commentating. I think they've, you know, they do a fine job. And it's, you know, the fact is that it's very easy to sit there and say, oh, that's well easy. You know, why are they talking too much about this and that? So, well, yeah, you, you can't have dead air on a radio. It's why, you know, it, why I try and trim out silences and stuff from the podcast. No, I think, I think the comment is that while play was going on, they tended to be talking about things rather than commentating. Oh, okay. And I think people who had got a live feed were noticing that like play was happening and the commentary didn't entirely marry up. You know, they would be talking and it'd be all of a sudden such and such is in, whereas you'd been watching and seen the build up going through. Um, but you know, there's, there's different commentary styles. I like um, Michael's commentary style. I like his over enthusiastic kind of celebrations. It sounds very much like he cares. Um, and I'm mm. sure he does. And you know, Rob's very. I think Rob has a different style, but you know, I know how hard it is. I, it's, as I constantly tell people all of the time, I commented on a game once for live sports, the uh, the Gateshead FA Trophy game, and it's hard. You know, it's really hard because you're trying to keep mm. track of what's going on. You're trying to keep track of who's coming on, and it's all right. People saying, "Oh, they didn't know who the subs were, or they didn't know." Who, mm. Because Max Melbourne come on, didn't he, the other night? And they asked Terry who it was. And Terry was like, it's Max Melbourne. And, but it, 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 I tell you something, it's difficult, man. It's difficult. It really is. I'd hats yeah. off to him. Yeah, and I That's, mean, like, that's know, not bum-licking at me, though, you know. <laughs> I think the, the the thing for me is, like, when you, you know, when you look at um, sort of people complaining about commentators' jobs, the, my mind always goes back to the Romania squad when they all dyed their hair blonde in, uh, in was it the Euros? And they um, they all had you know all had blonde hair, and it was like oh crap, you know the commentator suddenly didn't know who was who, and it was an absolute nightmare for them. Yeah, and it's, it's like well, it just shows that you know even though the numbers are on the back of the shirts, the names are on the back of the shirts, it's like yeah, but if you've you know if you've not got that visual reference, then it suddenly becomes a hell of a lot harder. So, I what I found hard against Gateshead was there was two lads, similar build, similar hairstyles. Both the same ethnicity, but I was terrified of getting them mixed up in case I was labelled racist. Hmm. And that's what, genuinely, uh, it was uh, Gus Mafuta, and I can't remember the other lad. Um, I think he was the one that gave away the penalty when we were at their place the second time. But, hmm. you know, my eyesight's bad at the best of times. And in the end, I, I stopped saying their names. Whereas I didn't, I wasn't too fussed if I got, uh, there was two other, there was... Uh, skirting around it but there was two white lads who looked very similar and i think i can't remember whether they were one of them was um he'd been at rex and where's something or other but i didn't mind getting them mixed up and it's the same with your know, names you know, if you're commentating you only have to make one slip you only have to say mm. one thing that you don't think is bad and you get pulled up for it um i do yeah. I, I, I do prefer a lead commentator and a like a steve thompson i mean i like tomo as well i think tomo's great and i know people complain but people complain about everything. People complain about us, which, you know, fine, crack on, just don't do it to me because I'll get upset. Hmm. Um, who, oh, just trying to think, who was the, was it? Um, Ask the question and then I can give you an answer rather than. Yeah, I'm just work. trying to, when, when we had, uh, when we had 
um, the issue where we got uh, two players. Uh, somebody gave their, a different name for the uh, for the yellow card. That was Terry Fleming. And was, yeah, because they gave Terry Fleming's name, but I can't remember who it was. Tony that, that Dennis. Gave... Yes, that was it. Yeah. Uh, whenever it comes to stuff like that, I always just think, oh, it's absolutely priceless. Was it against? Was it against Wigan? Well, was that because there's one where Terry Fleming takes a throw in against Robert Mart- Roberto Martinez, and literally he basically pretends to slip and throws the ball straight at Martinez and knocks him out. And I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was the the same one or not the same game. I seem to I think it was, but I might be wrong. Is that a keyboard um, going? I can't remember. Yeah, I was just I was just doing a bit of Google Foo. Um, yeah, I, I mean, can't I, see it. I remember him being booked. I remember him being booked twice, definitely. He, he was got done for bringing a game into disrepute or something. But I I like Terry Fleming. What a player! Yeah, was. there we go. So got uh, 1997. Lincoln's Terry Fleming has been banned for three matches after giving a teammate's name to avoid being sent off. Fleming gave the name of Tony Dennis to referee Paul Taylor when he was showed the yellow card for the second time. Against who? Amazing. Um, it was against Wigan. Oh, there we go. You see, the old yeah. grey matter still works on important things. <laughs> Forgot my pin number the other day at the cash point because I never buy anything over twenty quid, so everything's touch now. Yeah. <laughs> Except, do you know what? Went to go to the loo today in Laos. I've been in Laos doing a bit of shopping, buying some bits and bobs, as you know. And the public toilets there, you have to pay for. And I've no money on me, so mm. I'll touch my card. The card thing won't work in either. So I'm literally stood there bursting, and it's like you know, technology. As soon as technology breaks down, and I couldn't climb over, so luckily some old boy coming out opened the gates, and I just went straight in. So I had a free pee today in Louth. If you're listening, Louth Council, I owe you 20p. <laughs> there you go, you see. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. I think, obviously, the other we've, we've mentioned it, the, the other news, uh, as you're listening to this, um, probably... As it goes up, the uh, the friendly will be live on YouTube, um, on nah, the you YouTube can, channel. You can get it up earlier than that, Ben. <laughs> I didn't mean that either. <laughs> I think you'd have to speak to Rachel about that. Um, but um, yeah, actually, I have yeah, like, oh, okay, fair enough, makes sense. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll throw me right off. Um, we'll be watching that tomorrow. Um, I don't think there's too much else other than the news of another retro shirt. Um, yeah, that took me by surprise. Kind of stealth dropped, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I've been because um, the club asked me or consult. Well, I say consulted. You know, they asked opinion of people and asked mm. me about the the shirts that I thought they should make into a retro shirt. And the the two that came last year or earlier in the year were two that. I, I suggested, I'm sure others did as well. I'm not taking the claim for it. I'm saying that, you know, the club do some due diligence uh, mm. and they were the two shirts. But I didn't suggest the 76 one purely and simply because Toffs did a 76 one um, a couple mm. of years, well, I say a couple of years ago, probably 10 years ago now. So I've got the Toffs original of that, of the 76 mm. one, um, which is far too tight for me, as everything is these days. Um, <laughs> all, all clothes are being made smaller since lockdown. It's mad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not one I'm going to buy. You know, at some point, there's a saturation point. 
at some point people are going to go, I can't afford all these shirts. Um, and I, I have an inkling of what may be coming up next year, potentially, if they can. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they've changed their mind. But they, they did ask me about a couple of other retro shirts. And I did give them an idea of a, a potential retro shirt that they could do. Uh, and if that one is made, then that's one that I would certainly be purchasing. You see, the problem you've got with the retro shirts is that you can only make them if you get the agreement of the sponsor. Yeah. So it, it's great when you can do ones like the Vauxhall Conference one, the 76 one. You know, The obvious one for the club to do would be the Adidas one from the early 80s. But it's very much about the, the three stripes are almost like mm. you know, copyrighted branding. So they couldn't. And obviously the, the hooky place over the sea made a couple, didn't they? Um, mm. <laughs> but, you know, the only people that they're likely to get the OK from are probably going to be the Echo, aren't they? Yeah, and to be honest, that that would be the um, that would be my first port of call for you know where we might want to see some future ones. Which one? Um, Any uh, particular? The ninety is it ninety five, ninety six, or ninety six, ninety seven? Yeah, the Echo uh, was sponsors for a long while, you know, weren't they? Yeah, ninety. I think ninety uh, five, ninety six, because that was the I think that was the first one that I ever had. Was that the big collar um, Gareth Ainsworth? Because ninety six, the one with like the which was ninety five, ninety six. Is it? No, sorry, yeah, ninety six, ninety seven. I was right. Yeah, the um, the ninety six, ninety seven was the the one with Coca-Cola like the foam. Yeah. yeah, the foam badge. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the first uh, shirt that I owned. Because oh, okay, well, nine, nine, the first one I had was obviously the conference one. The first one with a sponsor on it was 92, 93, which had been Flindles the year before, but we kept exactly the same kit for two years, but just changed the Mm. sponsor from Flindles to the Echo. 93, 94 was the red one with the red and white, obviously with the black pinstripes either side of the red, which I really like, but I'm sure isn't to people's tastes. So that was what, so that would be 92, 93. So that was 93, 94. Was 94, 95 the one that the fan designed it was 94 95 was the one the the fan designed with the home shirt was beautiful it had little imps around the cuffs and mm. it was um it was red with two white stripes wasn't it kind of down the the breast area yep. and then yeah, the yeah. Ni- 95 96 was the pinstripe that's very much like this season's and may yes. i say this season's now yeah. i've seen it on in a game is um is growing on me which to coin an old joke it would need to uh because hey. i'm a growing boy um, but yeah, it's growing on me. Actually, it looks quite nice in the flash. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I would, I would happily pay for a ninety-six, ninety-seven retro shirt. Um, and I, I'm fairly certain, in terms of if they ever do an away retro shirts, or if they do away away retro shirts, um, I'm pretty sure there would be a number of people clamouring for a uh, blue and yellow retro shirt with the sports echo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'd do two from the same season, though. I think no, if they were to do retro, but I would, yeah, I don't know, but I would imagine that they will look at doing an away shirt and a uh, a home shirt next time out, because I think there's a okay. there's a market for an away shirt, and almost certainly for me, um, it would have to be a, a blue one. The thing you've got to realise, I suppose, as well, is that to get them accurate, you know, there's little details on a shirt that are hard to reproduce later on. So, for instance, that 96, 97 shirt, would it be the same if the badge and the sponsor was not that awful foam? No. 
it, um, it, it, it would have to be it'd have to be that little foam sort of raised and embossed bit you know I've I still got the shirt. It's I, it's I well. still in still in one piece. Yeah, it's still in one piece. Foam, it's all the, the fleur de lis fell out of my badge. I remember you saying about that. Yeah. yeah, but I think you know if you were to make a replica of that, I think you would look at doing it as a solid shirt, and mm. it would actually it would be an interesting twist. But then you think if you were to do, for instance, the one I mentioned, ninety two, ninety three, that's got lots of swirls in the material. Could they replicate those mm. swirls? It's interesting. You know, football kits are a real mm. boom industry at the moment, and I, I don't think the bottom's ever going to drop out of that. But eventually, individual clubs will reach a saturation point. Mm. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, I'm not quite there yet. I think I'm probably going to pick up this um, this this new retro shirt because I, I never had the Toffs one. I always wanted one, but I never got one. Um, so well, I've actually got... Uh, I, I inadvertently bought a Lincoln shirt the other day inadvertently oh. but it's uh how, how do you do that uh well there was the charity auction wasn't there for signed match worn shirts from the oh yeah um, yeah 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 so i mean it, it was a to be honest I said the other day it was obviously a while ago now but i, I kind of went on i thought oh joe morell signed shirt if he plays for wales that'd be worth some money so i put a bid on it the the, the minimum bid you know thinking i'll be outbid and i was um, but then I, I kind of, I was drawn in a little bit. It's like, oh, I've lost that one. So I went and had a look and there was nobody bid on Tom Hopper. So I put the absolute minimum bid on again uh, and I won it. So I haven't got it yet, but it would oh, be framed enough. and going on the pub wall, I would imagine. There so you go. I've got so. a, Danny, a Danny Rowe match worn that I've got to get framed and put on the pub wall as well. I need Excellent to build a bigger stuff. pub. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need a license soon. Yeah, no, I won't. I'm not, I'd, yeah, ben, it's me. I'm, I don't like people coming round to it, do I? <laughs> That's a lie. I do. I like. I like having people over. I like having. I like to say my friend Chris uh, Lamin from rugby came over last night. And played pool for kind of four hours and talked about stuff. It's just nice to be in a pub. Chris was only drinking water, and I was only drinking Fanta. But you know, just without the dickheads and without every time I we finished a game of pool, having to find another pound for the pool table. I was about to say, uh, you know, I was about to ask if we could, uh, you know, if I could pop over myself, but then you said you wanted a pub without the dickheads, so that kind yeah. of <laughs> knocks that one on the head, doesn't it? You're, you're always welcome to pop over, Ben, but <laughs> popping over here from Lincoln is, is not possible when it's 40 minutes away. Um, but yeah, you're always welcome. Yeah, over. that's very so true. Come over for a thrashing at Paul and we'll uh, we'll record a pod, pod face-to-face, because <laughs> I'm nicer to you face-to-face because I'm more, uh, I'm more frightened of getting a slap. Uh, you look, you look like a slapper, not a puncher. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know how to take that. That's no, I just true. realised that a, a slapper was meant something entirely different when I was yeah. at school. I don't know if it still does. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, I think that's probably uh, that's probably a good spot to uh, spot to leave it. Um, I think we've got. Uh, yeah. Good. good. Well, how long have we gone for now? Nearly fifty minutes, so we've not, you know, we've not gone short as we initially thought we would. It's not bad, really? um, but yeah, uh, we've got. Um, is there anything that needs plug in this week? Not that I can think of. No, the trust did a uh, an interview with Mandy Slater, which was got up on their YouTube. Um, it's well worth mm-hmm. a watch. Well worth a watch. So mm-hmm. it won't cost Absolutely. you anything. So you know, it's, it's not a plug that's got cost implications. 
There you go. Um, and yeah, I think we we've been talking about this away from uh, away from the uh, recordings, but this August has actually been, I think, probably the most successful month uh, so far of the Stacey West podcast. So thank you to everybody that's uh, that's downloaded and listened. And, uh, you know, share us about a little bit more. We'll hopefully uh, get even more listeners. And I think next week we might touch on sort of where we've got people listening from because we've, uh, we've got some very strange countries in our list of... Um, uh, list of Lincoln City fans that are downloading our podcast. So we'll put but something it, together for next week, I think. Is it wise to call uh, a listener's country strange? Uh, unusual, then. Like, you wouldn't expect a Lincoln City fan in that country. I'm not calling the country itself strange. It's an unusual situation. Is it Kazakhstan? Have I dug myself out of that hole? No. No, it's no. not Kazakhstan. Uh, We've got a, a large number of listeners in Bahrain. Oh, that, is, uh, yeah, is that kind of that? Yeah, that just doesn't surprise me because there's quite a, an expat community and work working out that way as well. I would imagine, isn't there? Are oil workers and uh, British aerospace oh, and things like that. Yeah, for me, well, give us the, a shout if you are listening uh, from somewhere else. Yeah, if you're listening in Madagascar, that, I'm really interested in that. I'm, I've always wondered Madagascar <laughs> okay. fascinates me. Yeah. yeah, we've got. No. Uh, I'll put a list. Uh, I'll put a list together next week, and we can uh, we can go through that because um, don't think there's going to be a huge amount in the pipeline for next week unless we get some more signings, which we will. Um, I just so that you know, <laughs> for instance, on the because I I I used to do this for a lot, and I, I haven't done for a long while. So this month on the Stacey West, uh, you talk about kind of out there places where people have listened from. Uh, if it ever loads, this is painful. So um, I have had listeners, and I've had one listener from each of these countries, so brace yourself. Bosnia and Herzegovina, Antigua and Barbuda, Monaco, Gambia, Lithuania, Equatorial Guinea, Lebanon, Nepal, Mozambique, Hungary, Slovenia, Aruba, Barbados, Latvia, Romania, Cameroon, Dominica, Namibia, Bangladesh, Brunei, Ukraine, Bolivia, Liechtenstein, and South Sudan. Two listeners, and roll with me on this, uh, from Botswana, Liberia, the Seychelles, Congo, St. Lucia, Argentina, Estonia, Libya, Myanmar, Slovakia, Cambodia, Rwanda, Chile, uh, and Kuwait. Huh. Fair enough. For a second there, I thought you said Wakanda. For a second there, I thought you said Wakanda, and I thought, oh, awesome, we've got uh, we've got uh, Black Panther listening, but no. Sorry, non- yeah, that's it. You don't watch. You don't watch those films, do you? I don't, they're not real films, Ben. Are they? Isn't they that are what, real films? That's what Martin Scorsese said, isn't it? Marvel and DC and all of that are not real cinema. <laughs> they're not real cinema. They, they, they're, they're not. It's, it's chewing gum for the brain. It's you know, it's not posing you, you questions. You tell that it's, to the. You tell that to the people that spend days on you know online looking at the, the theories between the movies it's it's not me i just what they are chewing gum for the brain for me like i watch them and think oh, that was fun as an explosion um but yeah there's right, there is there is some cool. quite uh quite deep lore in those films yeah but it's all made up lore isn't it it's people reading something that's not there and trying to fill in the gaps it's like 
Most stuff's it. made up, Gary. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you look at something like The Fall, right? We, we've been watching The Fall uh, on Netflix with Gillian Anderson, and that's written and created in such a way that the questions that are being posed, you are meant to ask an answer. It's meant to colour in the – you're meant to colour in the blanks. Whereas when it comes to things like – I don't know, Batman or something. People are, are theorizing on, on something that the writer has never thought about. You know, like, oh, as a teenager, what did he do? Well, the, the writer doesn't give a crap about that. He's just writing bam and pow and getting somebody else who's pouty in a leather suit. There is no hidden layer to a DC movie or a Marvel Universe movie. It's created by the people that watch it. Whereas proper cinema and proper television making has those layers already wound in for you to discover, not make up in an internet chat room. We're we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. I've <laughs> deliberately said that. I deliberately want people to come at me and either agree or disagree. I really do. And my brother is my brother's massive. He went to see uh, Avengers Endgame, and my nephew likes it because he's ten, and that's the sort of thing you should be watching when you're ten, not when you're thirty. Um, and so he really liked them as well. And I, I, I don't say it to them because my brother pushes weights and, um, you know, was a prison <laughs> officer. So if you're listening, Paul, I'm all for Captain America and um, the Black Panther and Aquaman and Thundercats and all that sort of stuff. Big, big fan, big fan. Thundercats ago. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Right, well, I think that's probably a good spot to leave it because, oh, man. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit yeah, chicken. fantastic stuff. I'm not sure anyway, what I'm having for tea. I might have tacos. Yeah, people. This is the bit of the podcast where somebody is still listening right now. Like they they know that five minutes ago or ten minutes ago we stopped talking about football, and this is just a bit where we forget we're recording. And yeah. somebody right now is still listening, going, "There might still be a gem coming out of this." There isn't. This is it. All we're going to do now <laughs> is talk about dinner politely needle each other about the things that we like, and then we're just going to say bye, and you're just going to go, "Oh, right, is that the end?" So, but yeah, the end is coming really, really quickly. Just like, no, I'm not going to go there. That's not fair. Um, <laughs> right, I think that's probably good spot for it. So, yes, we will see you next week, guys. So, you are going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we will see you next week. Uh, thank you again for, for listening. Uh, do drop us a review on iTunes if you can. And uh, yeah, see you next week. See you later, bye. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.